I think the biggest problem was that I just, I didn't really have a knowledge of the Bible. I didn't, I didn't know anything really about the Bible. And I also didn't know, and I know that you have some listeners who aren't Catholic, but I was really confused by the, the Catholic mass. I didn't know what I was doing there. I didn't know what they were doing. I, I just felt like I didn't have the knowledge to really make a decision about, about God. I, I really struggled with that. Hello and welcome. I'm Tanya Reason and this is the Gospel According to Mum, the show where we discuss the transformational work done in us by Jesus Christ as we live out motherhood and discipleship with Him. My guest today is Jessica Tarquinio. Jessica is a mother of four, including twins. She spent her childhood in New York and is now raising her family in the American Midwest. Her husband, Nico Tarquinio, is a Christian apologist recently featured on the Unbelievable podcast hosted by Justin Briley for Premier Christian Radio. In part one of this episode, Jessica shares the Genesis story of her faith and personal relationship with God. On the eve of Jessica's motherhood journey, she was a self-described atheist. And then God reached out to her in an astounding way, which began her return to the Catholic Church and the faith of her childhood. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. It's amazing to have you on. You're our first international guest. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's great. So we're going to jump in, as we always do, with a bit of backstory. And uh, the first question that I normally ask is where people were in their faith before they became a mother. But you have an interesting standpoint because you, would it be correct to say that you were basically an atheist? Yeah, I was. I grew up Catholic. I grew up in the Catholic faith and I we didn't go to church often, but I did receive the sacraments, the sacrament of baptism, mm-hmm. first confession, first communion. But as I got older, I felt like my faith just, it wasn't there. I didn't have the background that I needed to be solid in the faith. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, I found out that there were a lot of gaps in my knowledge. And when the idea of atheism was presented to me, that was it. It, it took hold. And I was convinced that that was, that was the truth. Right, yeah. If you look back on that now, have you sort of reflected on what those gaps were and, and you know, is there anything that could have, you know, would have helped or are you in a yeah, position to I, kind of consider that now? Yeah, oh, definitely, so much so. I think now I'm in a different direction where I'm raising my children in a different way. Of course, mm-hmm. now as we, as we come full circle, I'm back involved in the, in the Catholic faith, but... I think the biggest problem was that I just I didn't really have a knowledge of the Bible. I didn't I didn't know anything really about the Bible. And I also didn't know. And I know that you have some listeners who aren't Catholic, but I was really confused by the the Catholic mass. I didn't know what I was doing there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what they were doing. I I just felt like I didn't have the knowledge to really make a decision about about God. I I really struggled with that, I think. You know, just just not really knowing. I we didn't have a Bible at the home in the home, and though both my parents were brought up Catholic as well, I'm not sure that they ever had that strong foundation either. Mm. So now, now they're both adult. They're older adults now, and I they don't go to to church. I know that my mother I think believes, but doesn't really have that close personal relationship. I mm-hmm. think that's really the crux of it is that there's not a close personal relationship there for them 
with God. And I feel like I didn't have that either. I didn't mm. know what that looked like. Right. Yeah. So kind of, you know, you, you hear about religion and you hear about, oh, you know, this is what we believe and this is what we have to believe because it's right. If you don't believe it, you're going to hell. And you start to kind of think, well, wait a minute. Well, that doesn't really make sense. Mm. And if you don't really have that knowledge of the Bible, it's just kind of where are you going to go with that? It's like, yeah, that really makes sense to me. It all kind of sounds like a crazy made up fairy tale or any of those things that I think are the arguments almost. So I think that was the reason why I kind Mm. of fell from faith was because I just, I just didn't have that personal relationship with Christ. And, um, I didn't see that modeled for myself personally. Yeah. And so when the questions came, you didn't have any responses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I just always thought, well, maybe somebody believes something is out there, but I didn't know what the truth was. Mm -hmm. So I really struggled with that. And I think around the time I was a teenager, those when those were kind of when the, the questions of, is there a God came up? You know, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of things that I felt like happened in my, in my teenage years that were struggles. So my mom got cancer, my dad was a first responder in 9-11, and there was all the tragedy of that. I knew somebody who had passed away when mm-hmm. I was a teenager very quickly. And you, when you see those struggles, it's kind of like, well, if there's so much evil in the world and, and, and these bad things happen, mm-hmm. there can't be a God. There can't be anything like that. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. And so when I asked the question, well, if 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 God is good, if God exists, like, why do we struggle? And, you know, there was no answer for me. Mm. There was, there was nothing. So I think that was kind of when I was like, yeah, you know, this is just all baloney. I don't really believe this, you know? And that was it for me. I think that was, you know, and then from there on out, um, my young adult ears were kind of like, yeah, that's what I believe. I don't really care about anything to do with this. So, yeah. 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 And then you met your husband, Nico, Mm-hmm. who was in a similar mindset at that point, yeah. who yeah. has incidentally gone on to become a Christian apologist um, <laughs> and has his own podcast show. That's correct, isn't it? Well, he yeah, he does some YouTube shows and he mm-hmm. does some writing. And right. yeah, so yeah. It, it is kind of crazy that we both kind of, we were both raised Catholic. I mean, that's that's the craziest part about it is that we were both raised within, you know, the kind of this Catholic church, but we really just didn't have that strong foundation of Mm. what religion was, what it meant to be, you know, a Christian and, and anything to do with it. So we just, we really just kind of fell apart. And I feel like kind of a lot of um, people our age that were raised in similar situations, a lot of friends and have a very similar kind of background where, Mm. you know, it was just kind of a thing we did because we thought it was the right thing to do. You know, our parents thought it was the right thing to do. So Mm. to kind of give us some sort of knowledge of the background, but you know, we just really didn't have that personal relationship. So, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because one of my previous guests, Rachel Bayard, she spoke about the same thing. She was brought up in a, in an evangelical church, um, Mm -hmm. church of Christ, I should say, if, if we're going to get technical but uh, she she said very similar things that she didn't feel she had this close personal relationship with Christ and then along came motherhood and yeah. that that made some significant changes for her and and your story follows a similar trajectory so if yeah. we if we fast forward a bit now you, you met your husband you were married at 23 mm-hmm. and then you decided that the children were for you and you entered into a struggle with infertility. So mm-hmm. when did that sort of start and, and what did that look like for you? 
Yeah, well, we were kind of very much on our own. We kind of did our own thing. We we eloped when we when we were 23 and we just kind of we just knew that we always wanted to be with one another. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of wanted to start our life young. We always even though we weren't religious, we kind of almost followed that sort of religious background of being like, yes, if you if you if you're if you're in love, you know, get married fast, have babies fast and mm -hmm. So it was just one of those things that just kind of fell into place for us. So we got married and uh, we wanted to have a family. We wanted to have children. We weren't sure really what that looked like. You know, we didn't know how many we were going to have or anything like that. But, you know, we did want to have a family of our own, something stronger than what we had grown up with. And so, yeah, we we kind of just settled into that. But of course, God had other plans and we didn't become pregnant right away. We mm -hmm. just kind of, we just kind of hung in there. And that was yeah. really, really, really painful. Of course, anyone who's experienced that can say like, yeah, it is, it's a struggle when you're, you're trying to do something and God has other plans for you. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, we tried and eventually we wanted to see if there was anything that could be done. Um, we had some tests run and we were officially diagnosed with unexplained infertility, meaning all the tests were came back fine. There was right. no reason why we shouldn't be able to have children. It just didn't happen that way. And so we got, the doctor gave us this whole pamphlet of all the different things you can do, all the different medical interventions we could do. And I was, I was totally overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just, you know, I, I really was, I, I didn't know if that was like kind of the route that I wanted to take. And I know Nico wasn't so sure either. He was kind of of the mindset, well, let's just, you know, kind of see where this goes, you know, let's not, let's get too much into it. Mm. But yeah, those years were kind of, they were, they were challenging. And at the time I was working as a teacher at a, at risk high school. And a lot of the students that I worked with were students that didn't have families. They were in, you know, juvenile detention. So they were in trouble for, you know, drugs or assault. Um, some of the, the students were pregnant themselves, you know, even 15, 16 years old. And I remember really, really struggling with that, you know, struggling mm -hmm. with the fact that there were parents out there that clearly were not involved in their in their kid's life. And I just, I couldn't make sense of it. I said, well, why does that happen? You know, why why are people that maybe don't want children or, or, or don't like their children or, or struggle with their own kind of issues. Why, why can they have children so easily? And yeah. then just, kind of, and then this happened. And so I really struggled with that. I think that was the most painful part of the whole process was just, just knowing that there was, you know, children out there that weren't getting love. And I was like, I have so much love I can give. Yes. So, yeah, I can remember yeah. thinking exactly that thing, actually looking at other families around just thinking why not me because I would love this child yeah. you know, I would love yeah. them why can't I have one yeah yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. it is it's one of those things that just was you know when you see that there's almost a bitterness that kind of takes takes place in your heart and and oh it's it's so unhealthy but mm. it is true you kind of like look around at, at, at everybody else and what they have and you kind of start to play this comparison game like mm. yeah, well I understand why this happens or this doesn't happen so I think during those those years you know it, it was kind of a dark few years because 
you know, Nico and I too, we had our own struggles. We had our own kind of issues from our own past and our own, our own families. And we were kind of like looking at it like, yeah, I, you know, this is just another thing on top of it. So I'm really blessed that all that happened, you know, looking now where I am now, because the time that it all took was just time that we needed to work on ourselves, work on ourselves as, as, as people, as two separate people. And then as people, as a married couple. So yeah, yeah, it it was, it was a waiting game, but I'm glad it was. It's it's funny to say that now because I would have said like back then, I like, come on, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's right. At that stage, were you thinking, did it get you thinking about God? Because, you know, you were you were trying to work through why you weren't having children. There seemed no reasonable explanation yeah. for it. Yeah. So, you know, going back on, on, on the atheist kind of side of it, it was more like I went from being this atheist to being even just somebody. I didn't know it at the time, but I think I was thinking about God at that time. You know, I was I wasn't like there's no God here now. Now it was like, why? If if there was a God, he wouldn't have done this to me. It was like an angry kind of thing. But I didn't I was starting to process that. Mm. You know, I was I was starting to think like, yeah, well, you know, if there was a God, then, you know, I wouldn't have to suffer like this and my life wouldn't be like this. But it, I, I was thinking about him. Right. Mm. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't but then. But I was. You can't be angry you, with someone you don't believe in. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I starting to kind of get that, you know, not in a way where it was like, yeah, you know, I should pray or anything, but more of like a, you know, like I said before, a bitterness that was kind of creeping into my heart. But I just, I wasn't thinking about him in the way that I should have, but I was definitely thinking about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other question I wanted to ask you, cause it's, it's come up a lot with other women that I've spoken to. And I wonder, did you ever feel any kind of sense of shame during those waiting years? Like, what's wrong with me? I can't do this sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. I think I definitely did. You know, mm. just like you think of the, the human body, it's 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 designed to make children. But I think I felt like there was something wrong with my body. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it so much as, as shame. But it, like I said, it was a bitterness. But my mom, she was adopted. And I just kind of, I guess I kind of just thought of it as, you know, the way things, some, you know, happen sometimes. I did struggle with kind of the the thought of, of not being good enough to bear children. But I also, on the other side of it, you know, I love my grandmother dearly. So when I, I, I didn't go down too deeply down that path mm-hmm. necessarily, just because, you know, I know that she wasn't able to bear children and I'm, 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 I'm glad because, you know, I'm a part of her life. So it, it didn't take the turn as, as strong as Mm -hmm. maybe some other people have felt about it, but it definitely did. It did. I did feel that way that, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me, you know, physically where it was like, "Mm, I don't know why. So, yeah. And so you got to a point where, I mean, you said you were overwhelmed by the idea of medical intervention. Yeah, um, yeah. And your mind didn't go that way. You were thinking more along the lines of adoption. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question that you may or may not be able to answer, but I'm just curious <laughs> about whether you think there might have been something in your heart that already thought, look, there has to be a child coming. Like yeah. you didn't think about sort of interfering with the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you, were you, 
were you really seriously thinking about adoption or were you actually just kind of stalling, do you think? Because you, you, did you feel like something should be happening? I felt like something should be happening. And I felt that I, yeah, I think that the, I thought that there was a child out there. Mm. I think before, like I said, you know, with my mother being adopted, I just thought like, okay, well, this is maybe the avenue that I have to go, go down. It wasn't something that was, obviously we didn't go down the path too much just because I did end up <laughs> getting pregnant, but it was something we read about and we talked about and it was just something, you know, that we were like, you know, maybe if this doesn't work out, we can explore this. And mm -hmm. I was just, I was so ready to just have a child that if that was the path that it took to get a child, I was, I was, I was down. I was ready for that. And yeah, I think maybe in a way it was like, there's somebody out there for me. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because this, there's, there's so much of your, the way that your story kind of moves. I'm, I'm curious about how much we know before we know, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> because because I, I grew up not not in a sort of atheist perspective, but but I didn't grow up in a church. Right. And so I had had you know quite a um, uh, uh, an impactful event which brought me into a relationship with God. And so I'm when I look back on my life now, I think oh he was there and he was there mm -hmm. and he was here and mm -hmm. oh I kind of knew that, but I don't know how I knew. So I'm I'm curious about those sorts of things. If you, if you were, if looking back now, you're aware of of maybe I did kind of know. It's yeah. easy to say once something's happened, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah there there has to be like the, you know just this longing. Even women who, when they have a child and and they're like, well, I just know that there's another one. You know, like uh, you yes. know they're gonna have like another baby or baby. You know, just like they, they just know that there's some, there's another soul out there that's meant for them to mother. Yes. Yeah. I remember yeah. having a conversation with someone who's not in the faith and she said exactly that. She had three children and, and I said to her, did you know that that was all you're going to have? And she said, yes, after the third, it felt finished. Yeah. I thought that's curious. You know, how do yeah. we, how do we know these things? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes know that, yeah, that that's going to be it for them. And then other times they're like, wait, you know, I just, I feel like there might be, I'm not ready yet. They're, mm -hmm. you know, out there yeah. for me. And I don't always think that has to come in the terms of like, you know, bearing a child, but it, you know, it could be, you know, through adoption or, mm. or even like another motherly sort of relationship that you might have with, with somebody, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's someone else for me to mother as it were. Yeah. yeah. And so you had started to think about adoption and, and were sort of getting prepared to go down some formal processes. And then something amazing happened to you. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah. So my husband and I had an anniversary coming up. We decided that we were going to go to this adoption conference. It was like a weekend long kind of adoption conference thing. And we were like, yeah, let's just go there. We'll talk to some people. And it was just something to look forward to, you know, after, you know, everything that had been going on and just kind of maybe just kind of shutting that door a little bit on, you know, maybe naturally conceiving and just, you know, kind of looking ahead. And uh, between the time that we did that and, and by the time that I found out that I was carrying, it was probably three weeks, you know, so I 
remember it was it was um, near my birthday and I had gone to bed one night just not thinking really anything special about it. Like I said, we had our plans to go to the conference and uh, I had a dream that <laughs> I had a dream I was walking through I was walking through a Catholic church and I knew it was Catholic, like I said, because I, I you know, I was technically raised Catholic. So, you know, there's just something about, you know, the Catholic churches that are a little different sometimes than Protestant churches. You know, you've got you statues of, of Mary and, and Joseph and you have the crucifix. And it was just a, a, a beautiful church that I was walking through and it was empty. And I walked down and I and I sit in one of the, the pews and there was this voice and, and I didn't know where it came from. I don't know if it was behind me or if it was over me, but it was a voice that was just telling me that I was going to be a mother. And it was very strange. I, I still to this day wish I knew who the voice was or where it came from or, you know, I've, <laughs> I've spent many times in prayer being like, who, who was that that said that? But when I woke up very shortly after that, I just knew that I was pregnant. So mm. I, it was, of course, it was in the middle of the night. So I go into the bathroom and I, and I take a pregnancy test and sure enough, I was pregnant. So I woke up Nico and he, <laughs> he's half asleep and, he, and he's, he's like, I don't see anything. Like I, I don't see anything. It was like, babe, put on your glasses. Like, do you see <laughs> other line? There's two lines. Like maybe I see it, but I don't know. I think he was like still half asleep and thinking that I was crazy because, you know, after <laughs> time, you know, of kind of staring, you know, when you do, yeah. when you are taking pregnancy test on the regular, you're kind of like, well, what does this, you know, is it, there's two lines here, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of observe. I can do this but, sleepwalking. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So that was, that was, that was it. I was pregnant. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, my first question when I, when I saw this in your notes was how, why did you check straight away? How did you know you knew you know, was it, I mean, did you, I mean, you just knew to go and check? You just woke up yeah, and. It was just like, it was just this like, yes, it must be true. I mean, I don't, I have weird dreams, like, you know, every now and again, like, you, you know, those strange dreams where you're, you're trying to fly or you're trying to run from a monster, <laughs> but I don't usually have dreams where I'm going into a church, especially, you know, as, like I said before, as someone who doesn't really, didn't really like to go into a church, I had no really desire to go into a church so it was just like it was just this knowing it was just this like yeah it must it must be true you know if it it must be true that 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 this is it and even if it was if if I just lay there and was like yeah no I probably not I would still have to go take a test because I would have been like driven crazy like is it is it so yeah it was just this knowing it was just this like deep deep knowing and and when I went to bed beforehand I didn't think about it really like I wasn't like yeah you know I could be or I couldn't be but maybe maybe I did somehow I don't know Mm, yeah that's amazing and so when you actually got up and took the test Mm -hmm. did that action I mean how did you feel I mean did do you think that action kind of set something rolling for you or yeah I think so I it's funny, Nico has a picture somewhere, but of like just me after I've taken the test and I'm like, you know, I'm just like full snotty and there's tears down my face, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, just this, oh my gosh, but it did, it really did set into motion just this all of a sudden like overwhelming, like, 
wow, I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm going to be a mother. And, and somebody told me that I'm going to be a mother. So, you know, things mm. must be, they're going to go great for me. Like things, my pregnancy is going to be, you know, it was all, it was, it was positive. It was like just this kind of like full trusting in the fact that I was going to be a mother mm-hmm. that I didn't have before. Yeah. You know, I'm a very anxious person. I think about all sorts of terrible things all the time. Cause I am just anxious, you know, I'm always thinking, and it might be mothers in general, but you're always kind of thinking or women in general, like, you know, sometimes we always think of like, well, what if this happens or what if this happens or what if this happens? Like all sorts of different scenarios. And we yeah. just kind of, you know, I don't think men have that same problem, at least from what I've observed that they, they don't usually think about, you know, all of the things sometimes mm. that <laughs> could happen. Yeah. But, Maybe not all yeah. at once. We, we seem to be able to kind of group things. Yeah. Together. <laughs> And be like, okay, well, if this is happening, then I can just do this. And that's it. And where I'm thinking like, well, I'm going to need to do this, 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 and this, and this. But yeah, it was kind of like just this kind of full trusting, like, yes, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a mother. Like I, you know, I, I wasn't thinking specifically about God so much, but it was a trusting. It was Mm. kind of like a leaning into, you know, this whole thing, like was like, oh, wow, that's. I don't know what that was, but that was pretty cool. And yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I didn't run back to the church. You know, yeah. I didn't like run, like after that, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to go to church after that. That took some time, I think, from okay. that point to, to the next point. But it was this sort of, it was the first step, I think, maybe mm-hmm. in my relationship with God that yeah. I didn't have, that personal relationship that I didn't have there before. That's fascinating because... If you just read what you would, what you just, how you described yourself on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you would think the first thing that she's going to think is that she's crazy or that <laughs> something, something really miraculous has happened. But you were more surprised about being pregnant than that you had effectively received a, a prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's where my mind was at you know when I think when you you, you're trying to have like a child that's like that's that was my whole mind Mm. for a long time desire to have a child this desire to be to be pregnant and all of these things so yeah I was it was like sometimes you hear in the bible of of different of different people that receive messages and they're like yeah okay like all right you know like that that sounds nice but you know I don't know if 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 this is you know something that I'm I'm going to do, I, I guess, looking back at it, I would have thought that maybe, you know, I would have gone to church or I would have been like, wow, that was like, God spoke to me or somebody spoke to me, but I wasn't, I was mm. just kind of like, Hmm, that's weird. I did think that I was a little bit crazy, of course, but <laughs> then I also thought, yeah, but, but, but that really it, happened, but it happened. So mm. it must've been something that, yeah. you know, did that. But yeah, I, I wasn't like head over heels, like, God, I love you. I, you know, I, I did think like, oh gosh, like, you know, whoo, thank God this is happening like to me finally. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it didn't really, it didn't really hit me to, Mm. to really truly thank God at that moment for, for everything, you know, to kind of worship him and, and be like, wow, you know, after all this time, it was just, yeah, I was still kind of in my own little bubble of, you know, uh, my own little world. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I wasn't thinking about everything outside of me <laughs> just yet. Well, yeah. It's a lot to take in as well. And and the relief, obviously, when you've been waiting to, for a baby for a long time, 
then nothing else kind of that that takes over everything doesn't it Uh but it it does speak doesn't it to um, how important the personal relationship between ourselves Mm -hmm. and God is that your first thought wasn't oh I need to get to church immediately and you know I need to stay the scriptures it was almost like this was someone you already knew yeah you know and and I, I got that feeling too that that it wasn't a huge surprise in a way mm-hmm. like oh I recognize you yeah I know you and it's yeah. not it's not terrifying or necessarily earth-shattering in in the, <laughs> in the way that you'd expect it to be like it doesn't right. freak you out does it because yeah it's, it's like you like, know him already a bit yeah, yeah. you do you he's always there he's just waiting for you to kind of open that door mm. and, you know here here I am I'm, I'm ready you know to have because he's already there he's yeah. waiting yeah. waiting for all of us yeah you know to have that relationship with him yeah what we're gonna kind of enter into that or not yeah as it was kind of like yeah that first sort of step like all right yeah you're here I guess right yeah. so now now we do the work <laughs> yeah yeah that's right and it's always nice and 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 gentle I found even though I would probably rush through and, and hurt myself I'd be like Jacob <laughs> in the in the hip but uh um, he's much more gentle than I am. Yes. And and from then on, you said that you felt like you could, you had a, a bead on it. You could maybe hear the voice of God in a different way. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned mm-hmm. in your notes that maybe you weren't sort of receptive to be listening. And yeah. that's that's really interesting to me that, that somehow something opened. But, yeah. But, I mean, were you aware of, I, I guess you weren't aware of having done anything specifically to open that door, and yet there it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you have you thought about what that might mean? I think it's just I'm I guess a stubborn person by nature. And I think just for a while I was looking for reasons to kind of keep that door shut mm. for a while. But as we said, he was always there. He was always just kind of waiting. And I think I did hear his voice, you know, even when I look back on my childhood, you know, pushing me in a certain direction to go this way or that way. I just didn't know what that was. Mm. I didn't know who that was. I just thought that was, you know, just me. But I kind of look at everything that's happened in my life and I'm like, wow, I've made some decisions that, you know, people ask sometimes like, why did you do this? Or why, why did you go there? And I, it's like, I, I don't really know. I guess God called me here. So I just did it. You know, mm. it's one of those things where, I guess I just didn't listen before. And now that I had started to listen, what well, after I, you know, had that dream, it was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe that, that is God, you know, maybe mm. that is God that I, that I hear. And then after that happened, it was like, okay, now I'm kind of, I'm kind of in tune to this. You know, there's something, there's something here that I didn't think was there before. Do you find it easier now to make decisions or actually harder? Are you sort of trying to find the voice of God in your decisions now or? Yeah, no, I find it a lot. I find it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I don't really dwell on things as much anymore. Mm. Um, When I do have a decision, I just kind of just take it to God. I just kind of just go there. I'm like, okay, well, if he's not giving me an answer right now, there must not be an answer to be had right now. It must be the waiting. You know, now I'm used to the waiting. Now I know what the is. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to push it. You know, (laughs) he's obviously got a plan. And it's not my plan, so mm. I better just be patient. So yeah. I do think that it is easier now to kind of, you know, when I do have something, just to kind of sit on it and be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna wait to see, you know, where where God kind of takes us from here, and 
I always, you know, just trust that when when he's kind of calling us somewhere, that's that's where we're going to go. Right, yeah. And so you said that you felt very positive after the dream, that everything mm-hmm. was going to be okay and you were going to go forward and, and have this baby. And yeah. then pregnancy was hard. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was really, it was, it was a challenging pregnancy. I got to about six or seven weeks pregnant and, um, I started to feel a lot of cramps mm. and I started to get a little nervous. Like, is this normal for, you know, first time, you know, pregnant women? And of course, like Dr. Google is my answer for everything. Oh. So I'm like, Google, like do women like, and then, you know, I started bleeding and I was just, when I remember just seeing the blood I was just I was devastated I like I felt like there was loss there and I didn't Mm. know Mm. anything but I was just like it was just like how how I I was just I was like how could you like how could you God how could you bring me all the way here just to just for me to miscarry and it was just just overwhelming devastation and um I just I just felt like something had happened and I went into the doctor the next day and it was I'm not sure what it's like in Australia, but here in the States, it's kind of like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to wait until you're scheduled ultrasound. We're not going to go forward. If you do miscarry, it's early anyway, so we're not going to check until later. So they just did a blood draw for me. So they did a blood draw one day and then the next day. And they're like, you know what? Your numbers are rising. You know, you're pregnant and it looks like everything's fine. It doesn't look like you're miscarrying. So I felt really relieved about that, really happy. But, you know, there's still something in the pit of my stomach that was just like very like unsettling. And when I finally did get to my ultrasound, we saw that there was two sacs and one had a heartbeat, obviously, and the other didn't. And I remember my midwife being like, oh, well, that must have been what that was. But twins would have been hard anyway. It was very kind of like a dismissive like way about it. And I remember really kind of struggling with how to kind of grieve that because Mm -hmm. I was like, well, on the one hand, I have a baby and it's a healthy baby. But on the other hand, wasn't there supposed to be two? So I really struggled with that for a Mm -hmm. long time, especially now that I am a twin mom. (laughs) Like, you know, you go, I, I felt that like the whole entire time I was pregnant with them, you know, just it was a grief that I guess I didn't really grieve until years later when I did experience. Mm. But I, I did have that kind of, you know, grief from that. And just I just felt thrown off, you know, that trust that I did have that things were going to be fine. Kind of just were like, you know what, maybe they're not going to be fine. And then mm. after that, I was very sick. I lost a lot of weight. I was I couldn't stop throwing up. I just it, I was a mess. So I ended up in the hospital for a few days with all sorts of fluids and medications and you know I was told that from now on I'd have to get more ultrasounds that you know there was a chance that I would miscarry just based on how sick I was so yeah I was just totally just shaken like wow all these medical things have happened maybe I don't maybe I'm not so sure about this Mm -hmm. you know what's what's going to happen I lived a lot of that pregnancy I think after that just in fear you know just not relying on God. I, I didn't, like I said, didn't have that relationship just yet with him yeah. to kind of trust everything. It was just, it was kind of faltering a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask if you had any sense of, of him being with you over that period, but I'm getting the sense from you that it was mostly you were. Yeah. I mean, he, he obviously was with me. I made it through everything. You know, mm. I think he was there. I just, 
I just felt kind of closed off, like just like, oh, please, please don't take anything from me like right. again. I just I can't bear it. Like I can't bear it if something happens. Yeah. Um, so I, I just I was I was kind of I was really shaky about mm. it after that. Yeah. So, yeah. But it seems like you were praying. Yeah. In that way, I was, mm. you know, please yeah. just don't don't take this baby from me. Don't just let me deliver, you know, don't let me miscarry. And then as I kind of progressed through the pregnancy, like don't, don't have him come early because that was a risk sometimes with all the medicine I was on too. And how sick I was, you know, there was a risk that I would be, he would be born early. Of course he wasn't, he had to, I had to be induced. He didn't come out until over 42 weeks. And just funny how things work out like that. You know, there was no need for me to be so, you know, afraid, you know, if I had just been like, all right, God, you've got this, you know, whatever's meant to happen will happen. But I wasn't there. So, mm. well, you can't, you can't be there if you're not there. There's that, that's actually <laughs> the, the most encouraging thing for me about the Christian faith is that you can't be somewhat, you can't talk yourself into it, actually. <laughs> Surprisingly, you can talk yourself out of it quite easily. Um, But even then, as you've demonstrated, and probably if I look on my own life as well, you can Mm -hmm. talk yourself into a shut room, but you can't really talk yourself out of out of his sphere either. He's Uh yeah, he's unavoidable. (laughs) It's amazing, too, isn't it? How flippant words from people can have such a major effect on you. I've had a similar Mm -hmm. experience with people, medical professionals saying things about, um, you know, I was um, before I was a Christian, there was a long period where I was on contraception and a, a medical practitioner said something just flippantly off the cuff. And I carry it with me to this day, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I didn't believe as I do now, there's nothing I can do about it. And, right. but it's really hard. It's a hard thing to let go. It really demonstrates, doesn't it, how deeply you can cut with just a word. Mm-hmm. It's really true, especially when you're in that vulnerable state. You know, when you just are already like just so anxious and nervous and all of these things, it's just you're not in a good place mentally. If somebody says something, it's like, wow, I yeah, it's hard. You just sometimes you don't you you can't you can't forget it as much as Mm. you try. But yeah, it was just one of those things that was like, wow, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get over that. Yeah. I wonder if it's part of the plan, though, because. With motherhood, we're so in touch with the creation of life mm-hmm. that God's sovereignty is unavoidable, isn't it? I mean, there's something yeah. really, there's something really majestic about the whole thing that it's mm-hmm. you can't. Well, I would say you can't be flippant about it, but then we've got people who are clearly quite flippant about it. Maybe yeah. they're trying. Maybe they're trying not to make you feel bad, but there's no escaping but, it, is there? Yeah. You're gonna feel it whether they say right. it. Yeah, or not. it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. But yeah, just looking back on that and the whole experience, just wondering about it, you know, I don't almost, you know, I, I kind of think that maybe God is preparing me down the road even too. Mm-hmm. that, you know, this, you'll have twins again, don't worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, this, I've got you covered. And, and, and it, it happened, obviously, again, it was it definitely is something you reflect a lot on afterwards, because I think you, you just you sense loss, no matter when it happens, yeah. kind of live in a world where life doesn't seem valuable all the time mm. you know, to people when they're pregnant, you know, we have a lot of I'm not sure exactly what the abortion laws are in Australia, but here, you know, depending on the states, you know, it can go up to, you know, they're arguing for term. So Yeah, I just, I, there's just, 
sometimes not a tremendous value about life, even if it's just they're just a couple of weeks. So sometimes it makes it feel that, you know, when you do have a miscarriage early, it's just, you know, you always hear the words, well, it's not a baby yet. It's not anything. So don't worry about it kind of yeah. thing. But it's true. It's life no matter what, yes, you know, it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clear to me that from my own experience of, of miscarriage, that there was absolutely a person there. Yeah. Yeah. There's no getting away from it. You just think, oh my gosh, like, oh, you think about the world today and you're like, well, why don't we value humanity? Well, there you go. Like if you don't value humanity right from the start of when it begins, I, I don't know how you could value it any other time. No. Well, there's that flippancy again. And when you have experienced loss, you can't be so flippant. And then, of course, when you believe as we believe, you can't be flippant at all. And then it is difficult, isn't it, to, to understand how to cope with the loss. But, you know, we just yeah. have to trust again, as you did at the mm -hmm. beginning, that, that God knows what's best and that, right. you know, he knows who and when and how, you know, when we, when we have no choice in the matter, then we trust yeah. it to him. Thanks for listening today. You can find out more about the show, our guests, and subscribe and download through all our channels by visiting thegospelaccordingtomum.com. In part two of my conversation with Jessica, we talk more about how her faith grew around her family, her decision to homeschool, and the transformation of her mind and her faith that continues to take place. In the meantime, be encouraged, friend, and remember the God who taught you to love will not leave you as you walk with him more and more at your own pace. I'm Tanya Reason, and you've been listening to The Gospel According to Mum. Till next time.